This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, guys. Welcome back to The Treatment Room. I'm your host, Tess. And boy, do I have a treat in store for today. If you guys are OGs and you listen to season one of the pod, you know her, you love her, you probably miss her. I'm so excited to catch up with her myself. We have been both grinding on our own things this past year, but I'm so excited to introduce her back on the show, this time as a guest, and we're going to talk about what's been going on with her, as well as tips for starting a business and just living your life on your own terms, turning a passion into a business. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Lauren. Hi, I'm so (laughs) excited to be here. We're so happy to have you. I get comments all the time, like, we miss Lauren. Aw, that's so so sweet. Oh, I'm so happy to be back. It feels like such a flashback. I know. I'm like having flashbacks too. Um, But if you guys don't know, so Lauren is, if you're a newer listener, Lauren is a longtime friend of mine. How many years ago did we meet? Um, so many years ago, I think it was like my first or second stage coach. No, definitely more than my first. It was like second or third or something, but it was, it's gotta be seven plus years now. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's scary. We will have to look on like Facebook memories. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time. That's crazy. So Lauren and I are friends. We randomly met at stage coach. If you guys (laughs) don't know, we're both obsessed with country music and it, it was so odd because I can't say like make friends randomly, you know, especially with COVID, but I feel like that doesn't happen a lot. It's like a rare thing, but Lauren and I were like, moths to a flame like we (laughs) were just like we connected off the bat and she was one of the first people I met who is an esthetician so she really influenced me in that sense and from there we just ended up like going to stagecoach the next year together and growing really close eventually we started this podcast together she's gone on to do some amazing things so we want to hear about it Lauren what have you been up to I know you've been a busy girl but what's going on with you yeah so I guess to kind of catch everybody up on everything since the start of the pandemic because that's when things kind of you know got crazy for me and and you know for everybody basically but um, so I got laid off at the beginning of the pandemic. I was um, a sales rep for a skincare brand, um, like a device brand. And I got laid off in March, like, I mean, literally like three days after they declared a, a shutdown. So they didn't waste any time. <laughs> but um, yeah. so I got laid off. I was out of work for a while. And I was just kind of like, like, what do I want to do? I had no, I, I to be honest, really didn't want to go back to the nine to five um, the grind, the travel, the sales, all that kind of stuff. Um, and obviously it being a pandemic, everybody was out of the treatment room. So going back into the treatment room wasn't really an option either. So, um, so Tess and I were doing the podcast and I was kind of in this weird transitional phase and just not sure what I wanted to do. But then I kind of got an idea that I wanted to, I've always known that I want to have my own business work for myself. It's always been a passion of mine just because I, I don't like, I don't like being controlled. I don't like, you know, feeling Mm -hmm. like I have, you know, someone to answer to, which I'm sure a lot of us can relate to because Mm -hmm. this industry, we all want to work for ourselves. Um, So anyways, basically, long story short, I started my own intentional candle line. So it's all clean, non-toxic, intentional candles that are meant to basically support your mental wellness. And with every purchase, I donate um, $1 per candle sold to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention um, to help, you know, give back a little bit to my initiative and to the cause that I am you know, working so hard for. So I'm looking to branch out and also, you know, potentially bring on new candles that would benefit other nonprofits because I'm also super passionate about the environment and um, and other things like that. 
like socioeconomic um, issues. So I'm looking at kind of branching out into more charities as well. But for now, we're doing, you know, full focus on mental wellness and and just bringing coziness into people's homes and <gasps> and, you know, reminders that that mental wellness is important and to keep your intentions in mind. And um, and yeah, mm-hmm. just to create a safe space in your home. I love that so much. Her candles, Lauren knows I'm so obsessed. I'm like her <laughs> biggest fangirl. I ordered Joy last night, which I'm so excited about, but Yay. they really are amazing. And the quality just speaks for itself. I feel like now that I've used your candles, whenever I light something else, I just, I can tell like how artificial it is. And I'm kind of like, should I be breathing this? Right. So, you know, and I feel like that's something maybe people haven't thought about before, but maybe you could explain a little bit about why your candles are are different and um, safer and more, um, as you said, non-toxic. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I've always kind of known, and I guess I didn't know that this was not so known, but candles are not the healthiest thing to be burning in your home. Um, the wax is usually made with, um, and by healthy, I mean like to inhale because, you know, it's mm-hmm. it releases chemicals. Everything is a chemical. It's always releasing things. You know, your everything releases chemicals, your clothing, your mattress, everything. And candles are no exception. Um, however, there are things that you can look for and things that you can do as a candle maker to create a safer product. So most like products that you see at like Target or even higher end, you know, Veluspa, other, not to call anybody out, but, <laughs> um, you know, other candle brands, just big mainstream brands, a lot of the times, not all the time, but a lot of the times they're made with um, paraffin, which is um, a petroleum byproduct. And when it is burned, which, you know, the the wax is the fuel for the flame in the candle. So when petroleum products are burned, um, it releases carcinogens into the air, which obviously if we're big candle users and we're you know, lighting them every day, every night, we don't want to be breathing that in all the time. So there's that. And then the wicks generally in, um, in big brand uh, candles, they are they can be have like a, a metal core, so either zinc or lead or something like that. And obviously, when you burn that, that has its own issues. The fragrance oils are another big one. They can have phthalates, carcinogens, um, toxins that are that are bad for your you know acute toxins, which is like can create like an allergic reaction or um, or you know just like an immediate reaction or um, other things that are like organ toxins, that kind of thing that just, you know, longer term breathing those in is not a good thing. So, mm-hmm. so that was the thing, like I'm, I'm big on, you know, creating a healthy environment in my home and, and with what I eat, I'm sure that, you know, the listeners know that you're like that too, Tess. So, so yeah, so that's what I was trying to do. I wanted to create these candles, but I wanted them to be healthy. I would never feel good about selling something that I knew wasn't safe or healthy. And I mean, honestly, I don't want to breathe in those toxins while I'm making the candles any more than I want anybody else to breathe them while they're burning them. So the formula that I use is um, 100% soy wax, which is um, it's sustainable because it's a it's a um, regenerative crop. And it's also healthier to breathe in. Nothing is 100% healthy, but soy is 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 honestly the best on the market. And you want to look for 100% soy because a lot mm-hmm. of times you'll see brands that use soy, but they'll say soy blend. Yeah. And 99% of the time that means that it's soy, but it has paraffin in it because yeah, paraffin like is easier to work with. Soy it is. Yeah. <laughs> It's easier to work with and it, it gives you a better um, a better scent, a better burn. It's easier to pour so that your tops are smooth. There's there's a lot of benefits to using paraffin, but it's just not yeah. healthy. So I was, you know, kind of took, took the hard road and, and went with 100% soy. So 100% soy, I use 100% cotton wicks. So it's there's no metal or anything. And then all of my fragrance oils, which I think the fragrance is what people um, hear about the most with candles and other type of things. My fragrances are um, made from not exclusively essential oils, but they're comprised of essential oils and other fragrance that is um, phthalate-free, toxin-free, carcinogen-free, cruelty-free. I mean, I really make sure that all the fragrance is 
is as safe as possible. So that's what you want to do. And that's what you want to look for if you're looking at any candle brand, just to kind of be aware and see, you know, what you're buying. I feel like uh, so many people wouldn't even think about that. And I feel like I consider myself a very health conscious person, but I've never even like thought twice until buying your buying your candles. Like I never would have thought that that could be releasing toxins and creating, yeah, like you said, an unhealthy environment and like literally putting pollution into my home while I'm doing everything I can with my skincare to like protect against the pollution outside. So it makes sense. Isn't that crazy? Right? And they say like your the in the interior of your home is more polluted than the outside world, which is just because of all the chemicals of the things. I mean, even if you buy a new piece of furniture, like a chair, it offgasses the chemicals that were used to make the chair, it offgasses into your house. And so it's just like it's just such a crazy concept. But yeah, anything that we can do to keep it keep it cleaner, I'm I'm with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I can tell you know so much about this whole world. Maybe you could even take us back to like, okay, working in a corporate job versus starting starting up your own thing. Like, how was that for you? I know a question I get a lot is, I'm in a corporate position. Like, I want to start over and do something new. Like, how do you make the jump? How do you know it's going to work out? Which maybe you don't, but what was it like for you going from that type of structured corporate environment where somebody is, you know, dictating your whole day to you own a business now, like you're responsible for these orders. You make, you know, your, your money and you're in charge of, of what your income is. How, how is that for you? So, it's hard to be honest. <laughs> it's um making the leap was honestly it was like a sink or swim kind of thing because I was I was putting off truly looking for a job and truly like like putting in the effort to actually get another job and go on interviews. I was putting it off for so long because I was just like paralyzed by the thought of having to go back to quotas and you know traveling mm-hmm. for work cuz traveling for work sounds sounds very glamorous until you're actually doing it um no, but you seriously? know so I was putting yeah and, so I was and when I you was, were in that position Lauren I feel like it really it was a lot like I had already kind of been out of that corporate environment but like watching you travel so much and like just being in meetings all day, like being in an office all day, that just sounds so tiring to me now. It is. And I was even working from home, which was amazing. But that was almost like, like negated by the fact that I was traveling, you know, to different states multiple times a month. I mean, I was in New York on average once every month, plus trips on top of that. And so it is, it's exhausting. And it's just like, and it's it's interesting too because i didn't really think about it at the time but while i was in the corporate world it just kind of sucks and and let me just say this i this is this is obviously not the case for everybody i know my sister no. loves working in corporate and being on a team and that kind of thing but for me i felt like i'm working so hard and i'm doing all this stuff and i'm and i'm making this company money because i was in sales mm-hmm. and i had some of the best numbers on our entire team and i mean so I was like, okay, so I'm making these people all this money, but I'm not really, I didn't feel like I was advancing. I didn't feel like it was to my benefit at all. Like I was working, I was making them money, but I wasn't making myself money, if that makes sense. I mean, I was obviously getting yes. a paycheck, but right. right. It just felt like the growth wasn't there. That's so. 100%. Yeah. How I felt at E and I feel like in line with what you said about your sister and, and yeah, please don't take this as like the corporate life isn't, you know, it doesn't work for anyone. It's just, I think it really has to be the right type of person. And I think I realized at E, like I was, I was great at my job, like not a question about that, but like there was kind of a ceiling of like how much growth I could even make because after my position, it's like, was I going to be like a director? Like, no, only like, you know, there are specific people in the departments that are like the director. And I wouldn't have even wanted that. Like I wouldn't have wanted to be a manager of all these people. It just, it wasn't my personality. 
So it's like, how much more money could I even make? Right. And I just felt like, yeah, I was, there was kind of like nowhere else to go. And now being on the other side, running my own business where I actually never thought that was going to be for me. And it might've been like a confidence issue. I didn't think I could do it until I was in that position. But now it's like, I wouldn't trade that for the world, having the autonomy to make my own schedule, to be able to make more money if I, if I want to. So I don't know. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it now. Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing too. It's like, it's the freedom of, of being able to make your own schedule. And that seems like the, the simplest thing, but the fact that yeah. like, so this morning, for instance, my car battery died. I had to call AAA. Yes. The guy, it was like a series of events. No, <laughs> are like, you okay? The guy That's came. So yeah. It will. I mean, so my battery died before I went on the, my trip to visit my dad. So it has been dead for a couple of weeks. And luckily I've just been able oh. to use my mom's car since I've been back. But so the car battery died, the guy from AAA came, and usually they bring a battery for you, like they just replace it right there. But this guy, he just came and he jumped the car and said, basically, bye, you can't turn your car off now, so you have to go. What? Like, yeah. He was like, you, he was like, well, you got to go get your battery replaced. I'm like, yeah, so can you do that? And he's like, no. <laughs> I was like, what? So anyways, apparently the battery was back ordered or whatever. So so it's like my car is on in the garage. I can't turn it off unless I get another jump. And um, so I had to go immediately to Jiffy Lube and and get a battery. I mean, it took a few hours out of my day. But so the fact that I'm self-employed and I can take that time and I don't have to call anybody and tell anybody, you know, unless I have a meeting or something yes. and need to, you know, reschedule. But the fact that it's like it's within my control is is so priceless. And and yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's not like you start working for yourself and then you don't actually have to work. It's you're working way more but it's under your control. And it's like when it's your growth and your business that you're working towards and you don't have that ceiling, the feeling is amazing for, you know, for somebody who wants that. And you and me, Tess, we want that. And it's, it's amazing. Yes. And I feel like that brings up such a good point. There are definitely pros and cons to being a business owner, right? And if you do own a business, like, I'd say one of the bigger challenges is like it, your work never ends. Like yeah. on, on the weekends, like I'm still, especially because social media is part of my job. Like I am never logging off. And sometimes I look at, you know, jobs, like if I were to work at a restaurant or something like that, like you leave, you walk out the door and your job is over. You don't have to worry about it until right. you come back the next day. When you're a business owner, like it doesn't end. There's always more you could do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I love like if I if I want to go get my hair done at 2 p.m. on a Tuesday, like I could, I'll probably be working all Saturday, um, <laughs> you know, like or if I have a sick day, like I don't get paid had I worked for a corporate job, you know, that's that's probably covered. So there are definitely pros and cons, but it's like (laughs) working in media, I definitely don't miss like taking my laptop home and working on Christmas and Thanksgiving and never like, you know, that kind of thing where news can still break and I still have to feel responsible. Now it's like, no, I'm blocking off Christmas. People are going to cancel anyway. So it's just, it's different. Yeah, exactly. And it's and I guess that is the pro and the con because you know, when I had my corporate job, I was it was interesting because I felt like I was constantly working and constantly available, but at the same time, it wasn't a requirement, you know what I mean? So it's like if I was, yeah. you know, on the weekend if somebody emails or texts or whatever, you know, I could get back to them and I could feel like I was constantly working. But at the same time, since it's not a requirement, it was like I could 100% turn off and say, I'm not answering this email because it's a Saturday, you know, but, yeah, um, yeah. but you know, when you work and for you yourself <laughs> and it just feels different though, because you've, you've, you're working all the time pretty much, but at the same time, it's, it's kind of fun work and it feels good because you know that you are working towards something for yourself, not just to make this big corporation, all this money and get no raise or no promotion in return. 
100%. And I feel like that's, that's the thing. Like if I could tell my, my former self something, I'd say that would be it because I would stress myself out to the max. I'm sure you can relate Lauren. And I would just like put myself in a bad position mentally and it would catch up me, catch up with me physically. I would physically make myself sick because of the amount of work, like some company was putting on me. And for a lot of companies, like working in a corporate job, they're always going to be overworking you because mm-hmm. they can and they want to make more money. And so it's about like you doing more, they, them paying you less. And so I would probably tell my former self now, like there's no job, especially working for somebody else that is worth your mental and your physical well-being. And I definitely stayed in jobs and just felt like I can't leave, like it hasn't been a year yet. Or like I would, you know, put these rules on myself. Whereas like every time I did leave, it always got better. So there's always going to be, you know, something else out there. And I, I think it's just, I don't know. It's, um, it's not necessarily worth stressing yourself out for because right. it's like they'll replace you. They will find somebody else. Um, yeah. If you're working for yourself, at least you can and you should put boundaries around your schedule so you can right. still take days off, which I think is important. Would you yeah. say you are are pretty good about that, Lauren, or is that something you're working on as far as making sure you're still taking care of? Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm good at taking days off. <laughs> right. Okay. So I try I, I try to stick to a regular Monday to Friday schedule and take Saturdays and Sundays off. Um, so, good. yeah. So I, I do that pretty well because, I mean, I'm a Taurus. I'm slow. I like to <laughs> I like to relax and have my self-care. Um, obviously, this time of year is a little different because it's a little crazy. Um, you know, other than candles, I'm also a social media manager for a couple other, um, small businesses. So I have a couple things going on and, but for sure for my social media, I try to keep it, um, Monday to Friday, um, candles sometimes I'll make on the weekends cause I honestly really enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I try to be really good about, about it because that's the other thing too, is that, is that, you know, with the freedom of making your own schedule and being a business owner, it does come that that feeling of like, there's always more that I could be doing and I need to do this and I need to order this and I've got to, you know, prepare for this. And, you know, there's just, there's not really a time where you can say, okay, I'm done. You're you're never done, (laughs) I think is the thing Mm -hmm. with, with owning a business. So there's, there's such major pro and cons because, you know, like I said, my sister, she loves, she's a, some kind of lead manager at, at West, West Elm or something. Um, But so she loves it. She loves being on a team. She loves having people to, you know, that she works with and that she manages over and and she loves it. But, you know, for people like me and Tess, and I'm sure a lot of you guys that are listening, um, you know, being your own boss is amazing. You just have to know how to, how to keep yourself in check, basically. Yeah. And I'd say the other thing with that is you, if you want to do something, um, you know, where you're dependent on yourself or you're starting a business, there definitely has to be initiative. I feel like I get a lot of questions like, how did you, how do you have this virtual business? Like, can you, can you kind of walk me through the steps? And it's like, I can, and I do do coaching where I uh, tell people like step-by-step what to do, but I feel like you, you have to have, I want people to have the attitude of like, I'm going to make this happen and I'm not waiting for anybody to give me like the play by play. Mm -hmm. Um, And you kind of just got to just be ready to, to jump in and make it happen and have, have the attitude. Like if I don't know something, I can Google it. I can research it. I can figure it out. Um, But I'd say the, the type of person who is meant to be a business owner is not waiting for somebody to say like, it's okay. Now's the perfect time. Right. You know? Um, so I know that probably sounds like a little, I don't know, maybe it's like tough love, but I feel yeah. like too many people are like waiting for the right 
time to start a business. I think we kind of got lucky in a sense because of the timing of COVID and like you leaving your other job, me needing to leave my job at the spa because I I, I was honestly too nervous to work on people during the mm-hmm. pandemic. So we were forced in this position where we're like, okay, now what? Like now is literally the perfect time because we can't go back to our old job. So we didn't have that like comfort zone of like, oh, you know, like I'll quit next month. And right. I talk to a lot of friends who are kind of miserable in their jobs. And it's like, I'll check in with them months and months and months later. And it's the same thing. Like they're still miserable. And I'm like, there's nothing to do but leave, like take the leap. I know it's not easy. And sometimes if, you know, financial considerations are a worry, you have to get that in check. And it's not always as easy as just like leaving your job tomorrow. But you can make it happen, especially in the days with, with the internet. Like there's unlimited potential. There's definitely a lot of money to be made. And I think sometimes people, just because you can't see what it's going to be like, you do have to take a leap of faith and it's a blind leap of faith. You don't know what the outcome is going to be, but um, it can't be done. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, it's like, it it always feels like a leap of faith, but also when you're very first starting, it's like keep your job, but try, but you have to like start putting in the effort, you know, as a side hustle when you're first starting. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and it always feels like a leap of faith. Like I still feel like I am currently mid leap, you know, like I'm obviously oh, still yeah. very small with my candle business and, and I'm working on growing things, but I have moments where I'm like, oh my God, like you know, what if this doesn't work out or what if, you know, all these what ifs and it's the anxiety of it all. And, and I don't know if that ever necessarily goes away as a business owner, but, but it's worth it. It's so worth it, but just start. Like if you have an idea of something that you want to try or something that you want to do, just get started. I mean, like start an Instagram, get up a website, do whatever, you know, small things you can do to get the ball rolling. And then things will start moving from there. Yes. Yeah. And it, it, it can take time, especially like if you're wanting to build up a social media page, it all takes time. So the sooner you can get started, um, like I was telling somebody today who wants to start a virtual consultation business, I was telling her like, watch these videos of mine. Like, you know, I'll try to put some more information together because she's seen all the videos and she really wants the step-by-step. And then I was like, hold on, at at the end of the day, like what we're doing is like calling a client, we're having a conversation, you're making skincare recommendations. And then I was thinking about like when I first started, how organically it happened, I didn't even have time to put the website in place, do all these things. Whereas if I were making a list now, I would have been like, oh, I need to have this perfect and this perfect and have the Instagram page set up and have a name for my business. Mm -hmm. Like, no, it was such a fast launch. I literally just had friends who needed help with their routine. So I'd like, it's not like I had a scheduling system. I was just like, how about Tuesday at 10 a.m.? And I <laughs> call them and it things grow from there. Um, yeah. And so it's almost like I think it's almost oh, like that ahead. in the beginning, that ignorance of not knowing everything is to your advantage because you just you just get going and you don't know what you don't know yet. And you know what I mean? And so and you you learn as you go. And I almost feel like that helps you because you just get started and you have less of that. Um, hopefully at least less of that perfectionist attitude. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you can always think of one more thing that needs to like be official or be in place. And I think that only holds us up. It's so much better to launch it fast and even see if you like, like what you're doing in the business before you invest so much money, making it this like perfect polished thing that you can show off to your friends. And it's like, people don't care that much about that anyway. Like right. <laughs> now I show people my business cards. They're like, cool, like cool logo. Like, you know, they're, they're not that impressed that they're like thinking about it for days. So don't feel like you have to have um, things so perfect and polished. And as you start making more money in the business, you can invest in those things later on. But Mm -hmm. anyway, getting carried away, I wanted to ask you, Lauren, what was it like 
like starting good intentions from the ground up? And what were your first steps with starting a candle business? So, so my first step honestly was just buying supplies and seeing if I could make a product that was, that was any good basically. So I got my first, um, my first set of supplies right before Christmas of last year. So it's been almost a year. Um, and it took me a while. So I got some supplies. I started playing around and the first, you know, oh my God, the first fragrances that I got for these candles were appalling like so <laughs> bad like like toxic perfume is like kind of what I how I would describe it so so that's kind of how I started was just like playing around and basically finding out what I don't like because I ordered from a multi you know a few different suppliers and it was like I hate that one this one's a little bit better this one's even a little bit better and then so I kind of like eliminated all the bad ones first um and then once I had a product that I knew was good and I was happy with it, um, I kind of, I kind of stunted myself because I didn't announce it to anyone. I didn't tell any friends. I didn't. I don't even think I told you, Tess, for like a long time um, because I was nervous and I was like self conscious yeah. and you know it's. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's so much a part of you and it's so much, it's like a vulnerability of like, this is my idea and I'm really hoping it works and you're just putting yourself out there. So I didn't tell anyone for a while. I had my website up for a while and and I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know if I was thinking that people were just going to magically find my website or, you know, mm-hmm. what, but, but so anyways, things were slow and I officially like put out on my personal Instagram um, like to my friends and family that I had launched this business, I think at the end of April. Um, yeah, at the end of April of 2021. And the reception was, oh my God, like I literally cried tears of joy. Everyone was just so kind and supportive. And I got so many orders from friends and family. And it was just like the best feeling in the world. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, if I were to go back and, and tell somebody, you know, if you're starting a business, I would say, tell people before you even start, just start talking about it, start telling people and, and because you're going to get, you're going to get more support than you think you will. You may have some people yes. that are going to be like, you know, eh, it's okay. Not, it's probably not a great business idea or whatever they're going to say to you. Um, right. but you're going to get way more support than you, than you would imagine. So, yeah, so that's what I did. And so I launched and I launched at the worst possible time that a candle company could launch, which is right before the summer, because nobody buys candles in the summer. <laughs> um, but so, so yeah, so I did that, and and then it was just a matter of getting like the legal stuff because you have to have insurance and you have to have an employer identification number and you have to have all these different, you know, finance things set up. So it was it was a bad time, but also a good time because I was slow enough in the summer that I could get all those things set up mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. the busy season for candles, which is obviously fall and the holidays. So I'm still very much new and, and learning and growing. But um, but yeah, I mean, it was it's been good and things are just, you know, slow, but but they're going. OK, even when it comes to like insurance or getting your employee ID, where do people start with that stuff? Like you just go online and, and Google it. Yeah. So Google it um, based on your state because it's not the same nationwide. So and even for insurance providers there, they differ per state. So I have a smaller um, company that I at least I had never heard of, but they're based in Irvine, which is, you know, close to where I live. And so Google it because different states require different things as far as taxes and um, employer identification numbers and sales tax and and that kind of thing. It wasn't too much. For at least for my business getting started, it, it didn't seem that overwhelming. I guess one thing you have to do too is is if you're not operating under like for me, if you're not operating under Lauren Kruger candles with your name in it, you have to mm-hmm. get what's called a um a DBN or um an or an FBN is what they call it, fictitious business name. Um, and for that you have to apply at your state website and then um you have to actually have it published in the paper like the the local newspaper at least I did. <laughs> so oh, wow. yeah, so it's it's simple things like that, but your state website is is pretty much going to be your best friend as far as figuring out because they have things that say like, you know, starting a small business checklist. They'll have things like that that you can reference. 
That's so smart. Okay. And what does your insurance even cover? Is it like if something yeah. goes wrong with shipping or? No. So basically um, it covers you for for pretty much anything that might go wrong or somebody might want to sue you <laughs> for. So mm-hmm. God forbid if, you know, somebody, you know, catches a curtain on fire or, you know, something crazy with a candle, because the thing with candles is, is obviously it's a flame. And, um, you know, so things can go wrong. Um, they yeah. rarely do, but, um, you know, if you do get sued, your insurance basically covers you for any type of lawsuit. Okay. That's important. Good to know. Yeah. What has been like, has there been anything that you would say has been like the biggest challenge for you through all this? Um, yeah. So I think the biggest challenge is confidence in myself and confidence in, you know, knowing that I have a good product and that, you know, just because it's slow doesn't mean that it's a bad idea or that the business is never going to take off or, you know, something like that. Cause it's so easy for me to get into my own head and to just, just kind of want to give up. I, I had a moment during the summer where I was just kind of like, you know, this isn't going fast enough and maybe it's not a good idea. And because the thing is when you're starting a new business, you are putting a lot of money in at, at first, you know? And so to be putting in so much money into something that isn't, you know, producing money at the get go. No, honestly, nobody talks about this, but it's definitely like this sense of guilt you have because you're like, I think it's natural to be like, we've all been taught, like, don't spend money you don't have. Right. So it's weird. And like, even if you logically know like, oh, it's a new business, like it's still, and even for me, like I have, and I would recommend having like a separate checking account for your business um, and keeping your finances separate. But for me, like anytime I'm buying software or packaging for my products, whatever it may be, I like feel this little pain of guilt, even though the business is, is making money, but it's just, I think when things are new, everything feels a little bit unstable. And like we said, it is a leap of faith. There's no guarantee Mm-hmm. of your salary, which is like, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's a blessing and a curse because, you know, you're starting working at a spa or you're working for somebody else. They say your salary is this, um, you know, you can make commissions or whatnot, but you can generally estimate like, this is what I'm going to make mm-hmm. you're working for yourself. It's just, it's totally different. You never have a guarantee. Right. Like, so it's just, yeah, it can be daunting. And I definitely know what you mean. You're constantly hyping yourself up. Right. Then you'll have a moment of doubt. Something good happens. Something bad happens. It's, right. It's, it's just a learning it's, process, but I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. I know. Well, it's like, it feels like such a blessing and a curse because you have unlimited potential, <laughs> but at the same yeah. time, you don't have that guarantee. Like at least when I was in sales, like I knew exactly what I was going to make every month. I could budget, I could plan, but you know, especially in the beginning stages of a business, it's so hard to budget and plan. And, and yeah, like mm-hmm. sometimes you got to spend money that you don't have. I was, I'm currently still, you know, spending a lot of money that I don't have, you know, working yeah. towards that growth. And and I'm even planning to scale it up next year. So it's nerve wracking, but but you know it's what? It's And it's though. worth it because the thing is, I said to my mom when I was trying to decide, like, should I try this or should I not? Is it silly? Is it whatever? She was like, if you don't try it, you're never going to know. You're always going to wonder. She's like, you need to at least yeah. try and just see what yes. happens. So yes. I think that that's, you know, a little piece of my mom advice to <laughs> to give to everyone is that if you have an idea and it's kind of nagging at you, you owe it to yourself to to try it. Yes, 100%. I I want people to have more faith in themselves because it's like also you can always go back to the sales world. You can always right. get another job. So I feel like if something is really gnawing at you and like you have that passion, even if it's just to start like your SD Instagram page or, Mm -hmm. you know, start a social media page, do it while you have that like burning passion because over time you do get used to it and it's still fun. But I think you want to harness that fire when it's like in its peak and it's, it's exciting when, when you don't know things for sure. But I'd say, 
as early as you can, just going for it and seeing mm-hmm. what could happen is the best thing you can do. Like, that's why we're here. We literally have one life. So mm-hmm. um, if you can just make make the passion a side hustle, if it has to be to start, if you're not comfortable putting all your eggs in one basket, that's a great way to go. And yeah, it is it is more of a grind, but it, it does pay off. You just have to be consistent and, and keep going and, and talk yourself through those moments of self-doubt because any business owner will tell you they they had them in the beginning. We mm-hmm. all do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's something so beautiful about the skincare community because, you know, I have my candles, but then I also do have my skincare Instagram where I work with people and, um, you know, nothing formal. I'm not doing formal consultations right now, but it's such an amazing community of supportive, like amazing, beautiful women that I love it. It's like you can't, you cannot go wrong. If you start your Instagram and you start following, you know, people that you've heard of or seen on Instagram, they're going to follow you back. They're going to hype you up. I mean, it's the most welcoming community ever. And we're so blessed because there's so many like gross parts about social media and the internet in general. So I feel like if somebody's, you know, listening to this and you're thinking, I want to start my Instagram, but I'm nervous. What are people going to think? It's the best community that you could be in, especially, you know, when you're new and starting out. People are are so nice and it's, I feel like it's a pretty small world. Like I feel like a lot of us know each other, but I, I really can't imagine life without it. I feel like it's like my, kind of like my safe space and yeah. I'm so thankful for that. And I think it's, it's really cool that we do have that and it's, it's not so much about competition or things you have in your head. Like I think Mm -hmm. we put way too much pressure on ourselves and it's like from the outside, nobody's thinking those things. A lot of it is the internal pressure and the internal just self-criticism and negativity. And it's something I'm working on too. Like even, even with my products and my line, like my clients and friends and people will ask like, when is it coming? I'm so excited. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm like literally nothing but positivity. And then I will get in my own head and be like, Oh, it's coming soon. Like, I hope you like it. And it's like, they're already telling you they (laughs) are like ready to buy it. Like, why do we, there's, I, it's a work in progress, but I feel like something we can all do is hype ourselves up more and give ourselves more credit. Like, yeah, people want to clap for you. Right. Oh my God. Absolutely. And like, and talking about what your goals are and your dreams are, like, you never know who could be a potential connection for you or somebody could say, oh, I, I know this person who does that. You know, let me talk to them. Maybe they can yes. help you out. Like, you know. Yes. Oh, 100%. I feel like sometimes we can underestimate like the potential that's out there and people want to help you. Like I used to be so nervous even telling people I was an esthetician Mm -hmm. because I didn't really know a lot of estheticians. Like most of my friends were, you know, in your nine to five kind of corporate situations. Like even when I was dating, I like felt insecure, like telling people what I did. It's like, it's such a, like, you got to be proud of yourself and tell people when you're starting on something, like, even if you're just thinking about it, I feel like the reason I was able to pull through with the skincare line was because I already told people about it. And so (laughs) I had to hold myself accountable and see it through and stick to the promise. But had I not, I don't know, it it can be easy to quit. So right. Yeah, no, totally. It's, it's, I don't know, it's just such an amazing time. And you know, it's funny, because when I first started um, aesthetics, when I got licensed, which is, I think, 11 years ago now, 10, 11, um, I, you're a pro, oh, you're a seasoned pro. I feel like you're so much more of a pro than I am. I feel like I'm, I'm a little rusty. I gotta, you know, I gotta keep learning, no. which I always am, but, um, yeah, but yeah. So when I first started, it, it, there was kind of a stigma around being an esthetician or some people, you know, would call us facialists yes. or, or, you know, whatever. And, um, 
And so there was almost like a little stigma of just kind of like, oh, the pimple popper or, you know, whatever. Like it was almost like a gross profession to have. And yes. I think no, once once I told a guy I was like, I'm studying to become an esthetician, he was like, a beautician? Like what? Right. Like like so old school. It's like mm, there's actually a lot that goes into it, but thank you. Thank you. But right. no, I think things are it's a different world now, especially with social media and it's like with any industry, there's so much money to be made and I feel like that's really cool about the internet too. It's I feel like it's kind of taking away from the stigma around certain jobs, even like aesthetics or when it comes to like cleaning houses, like Mm -hmm. I see that on social media and it's like, if you have a passion for something, if, if you're good at it, if you enjoy it, the internet can help you leverage literally anything. Like there's so much potential these days to do anything. So yeah. I feel like it's it's a good time to like think about what you're interested in. If that's skincare, that's great. Like there's money to be made in any industry. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like I've almost seen over the past, like obviously since Instagram came out, I was licensed before Instagram. And since, you know, since seeing Instagram and, and social media really explode, I've also seen aesthetics become cool. Finally, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, yes. it's, and now I'm sure you feel the same way, Tess. Like I'm proud to tell people that I'm an esthetician and that I do skincare and, and the reception yeah. is amazing too, because I think people understand now it's more than just popping pimples and, and whatever else they, mm-hmm. they thought that it was back in the day. You know, when you tell somebody, oh, I'm an esthetician, I always get the response of like, oh, oh my God. And they have questions and they have this. And it's just, it's a great feeling to go from <laughs> you know, 10 years ago being the pimple popper. Yeah. That's what my dad yeah. used to call me, <laughs> you know, to like, to actually being yeah. sought after and people thinking that what you do is really cool. And obviously it's not all about outside perception, but, um, but it feels good. Totally. And I, I really, I think we were kind of, um, uh, I guess we weren't like the earliest ever, but I could see, I think we're going to see more people like leaning into working for themselves, leaving a structured job. I feel like COVID, like that really interrupted the space and people realized like, wow, like it's really nice to not be like in an office all day, like slaving Mm -hmm. away for somebody else who probably doesn't appreciate me. I just feel like things are a little bit different now post pandemic and people like us see the potential you know, mm-hmm. with the support of the internet, you have literally endless potential to reach whoever you want. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. And so it's like, I- and and you, you can see that it's within reach, you know, because, you know, when I was in my early twenties or even just a few years ago thinking about like, okay, how do I do this? How do I, right. how do I make something right. of myself and for myself that isn't yeah. just yeah. working for and being indebted to this company? You know, and but it was always kind of like, gosh, I don't know. And it was these weird side hustles of like doing surveys online and like weird (laughs) stuff that like nobody really wants to do. And I think COVID really brought out the the entrepreneur in so many of us. You know, it was sink or swim. We had to figure it out. And, you know, and either some people either figured it out in the sense of they left a job and they got a better job or they started working for themselves or they did a combo, you know. So I think that it it really just put it within reach for so many of us. Yep. And it just goes to show you really have to take you have to take the leap yourself. Like had COVID not happened, I probably like could have stayed at the job I was in working for working at the spa I was at because it was comfortable. Like Mm -hmm. I liked it enough. Like there was no need to leave. And it's really scary. I think a lot of people also dread the conversation with their boss, like telling them you want to leave. And we put way too much importance on that. Like I feel like half the time I would stay in jobs because I hate confrontation. I hate conflict. Mm-hmm. I don't like to make anyone feel like I'm like not happy, you know, that kind of right. thing. So I would stay in these jobs like overworked or miserable or just not reaching the potential like I know now I'm capable of because I dreaded having those conversations with people, which when you put it in perspective, it's like, okay, that's a 30 minute 
conversation, but I felt like then I was, I almost felt like on the like bad list, like I wasn't being the like good, devoted, perfect employee, which I really liked. Like I like to be liked by people and I didn't want to feel like I was doing something that was like, you know, straying from the company because then you feel like, oh, I'm like, quote unquote, bad or like they are disappointed in me. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Especially when they're, you know, giving you a paycheck every month and, you know, it just, it, I I felt trapped and I felt indebted, you know, when I was in mm-hmm. a job like that. And it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't jive well for, for a lot of people, you know, and I'll keep saying it because I don't want anyone to feel like what they're doing isn't good enough, but you know, it's not for everybody either way, you know, owning a business is not for everybody and working for a corporation is not for everybody. You really have to kind of find that, that balance. But I do think that something that's interesting that's going on right now, you know, in light of COVID is that because so many of us have realized like, okay, we can do our own thing and be okay. People aren't going back to jobs that treat them terribly and don't pay them well, you know? So I think that- that, you know, while we're seeing kind of we're having issues with that because things are out of stock and service is slower and whatever else, mm-hmm. I think it's it's eventually going to be such a great thing because I'm I'm thinking and I'm hoping that companies will realize that, you know, they can't treat people like that anymore. I think the smart ones have already realized it and realized it early on, like, okay, I'm going to let people work from home four days a week because I'd rather have that and have employees happy versus now forcing them to go back to work every day. Like, it's just not going to end well for me. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's so true. I love Gen Z because I feel like Gen Z is the generation that's like, I will quit tomorrow. Like, I don't need to keep you on my resume for a year. Whereas I think that was kind of a millennial thing we are such the like LinkedIn generation like we are the generation of like all these internships like needing to be so impressive Gen Z's like I can start making TikToks in high school and like start start making money and you know like I think they just have a better understanding of like autonomy and like they respect the idea of of working for yourself whereas I think our generation things are shifting now but Five years ago, we really thought like the most impressive thing I can do is work for a big name mm-hmm. and, you know, have this like cool, impressive resume. And it's like, yeah. wow, I could not care less about that. Right. And I couldn't imagine that lifestyle because it just really was not sustainable for me. I think I'm definitely the type of person, and I think you're a little bit similar, Lauren, where we're not meant to like be around people all day in an office, like in this structured environment. Like I could, like I could do okay, but I think it was just very fatiguing for me Mm -hmm. as an introvert to like be around so many people all day, answering to so many people, having these intense expectations, like needing to be on my email 24-7. For me, right. it was like, now I see now that could only sustain for so long. Yeah. I mean, when you're when you're sensitive to energy like that, and you know, not to get too woo-woo, but but energy is a thing. And you can feel it when you walk into a room. If if it's a good vibe or if it's not a great vibe, you can feel it. And when you're in that that environment with so many different, you know, people and personalities and and, you know, it, it does really start to wear on you, especially if you're like us and you're a little more um, a little more sensitive to that. So yeah, working from home kind of started me on this, on the path of like, okay, I'm never going back to an office ever again. And right. whatever job right. I'll have will be remote work from home. And then that kind of blossomed into like, well, I guess I don't need a corporation either. I'll just work for myself. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's totally possible. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to kind of see where, where things go for people. But yeah. I, I hope you guys listening know, like, if we can do it, anybody can do it. And yes. It's, I think it's really fueling once you start to see, like, the small markers of success, like, even growing from one client to 10 clients to mm-hmm. 50 clients to more to starting to, like, see my income and you start seeing the numbers growing in your bank account, which doesn't have to be immediate, but it will happen and there will 
probably be a day that you see your income matched your other job. And there will probably be a day when you will surpass that because you have more skin in the game. Like you're Mm -hmm. never going to want it more than when you're, if you're the right person, when you're Mm -hmm. working for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you, you build momentum. And one, one thing I want to say on this is that I think what sets, what sets certain people apart is perseverance and consistency. Consistency. Because the thing is, you know, anybody can start a business, anybody can start something, but not everybody can follow through on it because a lot of people expect, you know, an overnight success because that's really all we hear about online is, oh, she started a brand, you know, in January and by June she was making, you know, four or five figures, whatever it is. And when that doesn't happen right away, it can be so discouraging. But 99% of successful businesses did not start with an overnight success, you know? So I think that that consistency and not letting other people dictate to you when and how you will be successful. Because I hear a lot of times like, oh, if you're not profiting after a year or two years or whatever it is, then you need to reevaluate things and, and, you know, maybe start another business or, you know, something like that. And it's like that there is no one size fits all for owning a business, starting your passion. It's everybody's on a different path and consistency and perseverance, I think is the number one thing that will set you apart and that will determine your success. Yes. Yep. And I think that's such a good point. I mean, plenty of successful businesses lose money starting out. So it's re- it's really hard to gauge. Mm-hmm. And that's probably what leads to a lot of self-doubt. Like there's no one metric for like, if the business is doing well, your metric for success might be, I'm getting really good feedback about these candles. Like people are loving them. They're sharing them on social media, or my clients are just really happy with their skin and with the program we've put together, like you can feel the energy. So it doesn't have to be monetary success. Mm -hmm. It can also just be like an energy that you feel and good feedback and seeing other people happy from your product or your service. Yeah, exactly. Perfectly said. Oh man. Well, (laughs) this was so much fun. Looking at the clock, I can't believe we've been talking for an hour. I know it's so easy for us. Yeah. Um, Is there anything else, Lauren, you want to leave people with? I guess just just i i would love for people to really take take note of what your passions are and what fuels you because something yes. i thought about was like okay you know when i was trying to decide do i go back to a job you know a corporate job or do i try to do what i want um and you know create my own business and it was like well when you think about starting your own business you always at least for me i was always thinking like okay what kind of business or what can i do that will be successful. And in my eyes, owning a successful business meant, you know, a million dollar business, multi-million dollars. But then I started thinking like, okay, if I were to make say $60,000 a year at corporate or $60,000 a year doing my own business, what would I prefer to do? And it was obviously, I would rather work for myself. So I think that, you know, take, take note of what you're passionate about and what you, what really like lights you up. Like, what do you do when you're not being paid to do it? So figure that out and, and figure out a way to just start doing it, you know, because it doesn't have to be this, this Jeff Bezos type of situation Mm -hmm. in order for you to be successful in owning your own business. No, I think that's such a good point to kind of take stock of what your gifts are and what what like lights you up. And for me, looking back on my childhood, like it was so clear as day, so obvious. I was obsessed with cleansing. I was obsessed with skincare. Like mm-hmm. my dream would have been for my mom to drop me off at CVS so I could look at all the face washes. <laughs> I loved taking my little animals, giving them little baths in the sink. I loved giving my friends advice about skincare and makeup. Like that lit me up so much when somebody went to me and asked me for my opinion on skincare or makeup. Like Mm -hmm. that meant the world to me. Like all those signs pointed towards the perfect job being an esthetician. But I never even considered that because 
I didn't think it was good enough or mm-hmm. legit enough. And, you know, I, you take in a lot, like we're impressionable as teenagers and kids and even adults. Like we take in all this information about what we should be doing. And I think a lot of us kind of share that feeling where we want to be on the good list. We want to impress people. We want our parents to be proud of us. Mm -hmm. But when you're happy, when you're doing what you like and love every day and not to make it seem like it's a walk in the park, like, but I mean, generally I wake up and every day I'm like pretty excited. I get to see a client I love or just Mm -hmm. have the independence and work for myself. And there's nobody breathing down my back to like get a project done. Um, so it's not like every day is rainbow and butterflies, but I go to bed pretty happy because like we're proud of ourselves. Like nobody's moving the needle, but us. And mm-hmm. I think that's a feeling that's like really hard. I can't compare it to like any other job at all. So happiness, so underrated. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you're happy, it's a lot easier to make money because you're not suffering. You're not struggling. You're not wasting energy feeling right. like, uh, because like it's dreaming almost like about your other life. Yeah, like because when you're, you know, when you're working for someone else, it can feel like you're just forever on this treadmill and not actually making any progress. When yeah. where you when you work for yourself, the harder you work, generally, the more money you make or the faster you grow. And I never felt that in a corporate position. And it's a it's a really great feeling to know, like if I work harder, I will benefit as opposed to when you work, you know, extra hard at a at a corporate job that generally just becomes the new bar that you've set for yourself and you have to continue to reach that without generally any type of monetary compensation or or promotion or even a pat on the back sometimes. Right. It's like you just literally it's so like looking back like all I wanted was somebody to notice me and right. like give me a little pat on the back like say like admire my tweet <laughs> or my <laughs> cuz I used to work in social media like that's all I wanted like a raise would have been great yeah. but what I really wanted was like some credit where it was due and yep. Yeah, I feel like I spent like you're kind of in that world like just yearning for like some credit or attention, which you're not going to get running your own business because Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, besides feedback and people saying they like your product, um, you kind of got to persevere independently and Mm -hmm. um, you're almost in neutral because it's like, you can't get too high. You can't get too low, but the small, the small wins or like even completing a project or moving one step forward in the business, like feels really, really good. And I'm, I'm sure you feel that too, Lauren, like when mm-hmm. somebody loves your candle, it just feels incredible because that's literally all on you. Like you yeah. made that candle with your bare hands. Yeah, it's it's the best feeling in the world. And that's what makes it all worth it. And that's what makes you want to continue. It's really the small things that, that, you know, fill your gas tank and keep you going. I have one small question. Yeah. Um, before we wrap this up, I wanted to touch on social media with you because you've done such a good job with your page and your photography is beautiful. If somebody has a product and they're wanting to showcase that or have a social media presence, do you have any tips or um, things you did that you feel like paid off in the long run? Yeah. So I think when it comes to product photography, it can feel so overwhelming because you see so many photos from these big brands that have professional photographers and sets and props and all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't have to be overwhelming. I take all of my photos with my iPhone. um, And, you know, if you ask me, I think they look pretty good. But the, the secret really is good lighting. So find lighting like in front of a window at midday or if you want to play around with like shadows, which is what I like to do. I take my photos Mm -hmm. Um, in the afternoon when I have, you know, some shadows to work with coming through my windows. But um, but yeah, you can use your iPhone as long as there's really good lighting. Your photos will look amazing. You don't even have to do crazy props or anything like that. Of course, that does help. Um, but even with props, you can go super simple. Like you can go, you know, clip some flowers from outside your house, um, throw those into a photo, do a flat lay. You can kind of stagger the perspective. So like, 
you know, put the flowers, you know, behind and to the left of your product or, you know, just kind of play around with it. It's it's really the lighting is what's going to make it amazing and everything else is is just extra. And when it comes to social media, I think one of the main things and I'm still working on this myself is is giving your brand a personality. So it doesn't, you don't have to be on stories talking to the camera every single day. Cause I know a lot of people are really uncomfortable with that. Um, and you also don't have to be, you know, making reels and making TikToks where you're doing dances and, and silly things like that, that <laughs> if you're not comfortable doing that. Um, but, but do give a personality. And so, you know, post a selfie every once in a while or, you know, show people, you making your product or what goes into basically behind the scenes of the business. Because I think bottom line is that people buy, obviously they buy products that they know and they think are good, but they also buy from people that they like. So I think that mm -hmm. showing your personality and who you are, um, you know, can only benefit you. Yes, 100%. Love it. Well, I'm so impressed with you, Lauren. And if you guys haven't tried her candles, I highly, highly recommend. Like, I'm seriously, I'm such a candle person. I've purchased all the popular, you know, luxury candles, and Lauren's are truly my favorite. Even if I did not know her, I would go back to them, and I do. Um, so, highly worth checking out. Lauren, where can people find you and find your candles? Yeah. So um, my two Instagram accounts, um, my first one for aesthetics is um, Lauren's.aesthetics and that's L-A-U-R-E-N-S dot E-S-T-H E-T-I-C-S. So Lauren's.aesthetics. That's for all my skincare stuff and, and you know, where I talk about skin is my passion. And then um, my candle Instagram is goodintentions underscore studio. Um, and that's where you can find my candles and, and all things about mental wellness and self-care. Um, and my website is www.goodintentionsstudio.com. Go check them out, guys. Lauren is amazing. And yeah, her product really speaks for itself. So I'll list that that information below so you guys can easily find it. She's got so many amazing candle scents too. I've tried Grounding, Joy, and Harvest so mm -hmm. far. But they're also unique and so special and not overpowering. And they just feel clean. I don't notice like smoke. Like I've noticed literal like soot on my yeah. white walls before from candles. Um, so if you yeah. haven't thought about a cleaner alternative to candles or you're looking for something like that or for your spa, like why would you want to pollute your spa environment with candles yeah. like that? So yeah. well, well so, thank you, Tess. You're the best. I appreciate it you're so much. You're the best. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks so much for coming back on and chatting with us. And yeah. there's always a seat available at the table if you want to come back <laughs> Thank and talk you. to us again. Maybe we'll have to do this more <laughs> often. Yes, you're always welcome. Aww. Thank you so much for joining and chatting with me. And thank you guys for listening. I will talk to you in the next episode. Thanks, guys. Bye.